This is Soul to Soul, the show with Nessie. Sub Soul fam, it's Nessie here, back with another episode of Soul to Soul, the show where I talk about my life here in South Korea from the perspective of a black British woman living in South Korea. Hey, how's everyone doing? Uh, today it's the March the 1st, I think it's the independence movement day of Korea. Well, it's a red day anyway. And, uh, tomorrow, March the 2nd is going to be the first day of my new job. And I'm, yes, I'm working in a different academy now. Yay, celebration. So some of you might be asking, but. Nessie, wasn't you just working in a new place like the previous year, like only a few months ago? What's going on? So let me give you the rundown, the faulty, the situation of what occurred. So for the most part, I'm not too uh, mad about my last workplace, for the most part. As an individual, they treated me well. But I think that's mostly because of how I composed myself. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I did. And I have been doing it for a long time. Now, granted, this was the first time that I had taught such a very young age. Back in my first academy, well, my very first job, I was coaching like university students who don't speak whatsoever. In my previous academy, where I was there for like four years, my youngest children were grade three in terms of elementary. So that's like Korean age. Let's see. They start school Korean age eight, eight, nine, ten. So Korean age ten, but reality is they're about eight or nine because that's how the school year works. So but that, that, my youngest kids were essentially like eight years old and my oldest kids would go up to the age of 15. And that's very difficult in terms of like preparing your mindset because an eight-year-old will have different needs, wants, attentions, sense of humor, et cetera, et cetera, interests, all of that from a 15-year-old. So within the my teaching hours, which was like six hours on average, like five or six hours every single day, I would have to change my mindset every single time, depending on the age group that I would be teaching. And there would be like a big jump in some places, like one of my classes I would teach, like in my uh, the very last week, one of the classes was like a group of very sweet nine-year-old boys and girls. And then the next hour, I'll be teaching a group of very low-level 15-year-olds. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of disparity that I, I, I would be teaching. But it was quite fun. It was all good. So the, the place that I moved to, my previous place, the one that I've just left... That was the first time me teaching very, very young kids. So in the morning, because I, I wanted a morning role, because I, I just wanted more time to be able 
to look after myself during the day because working two to ten, it just it just wasn't happening for me, especially as I was living far from my work. I just couldn't have it anymore. So in the morning, I would be teaching my my little ones, my babies, who were Korean age seven. They're meant to be the oldest in the that part of the kindergarten, but actually they're they're still only five years old. And I would say almost half of them did not have any prior English knowledge whatsoever. Uh, two came from another academy, like the sister academy, where they had learned some English, but they weren't that great. One kid, uh, his father, I've, I've told you about him already, his father was Indian. So he had some English knowledge, but obviously the, the Indian father is in Korea and then the rest of his wife's family are all Korean as well. So he's just surrounded by Korean people, Korean people, Korean people. So yeah, that that's not that's not a great way to learn English, at least on a fluent level. And then there was there was one child who would only speak to me in Korean for the first two months, but they were absolutely great. I loved them. I I I was sobbing on my last day because I mean I was spending three hours of a, a day with them. So they were my babies. I was like their second mum. They they would call me mummy teacher sometimes, and they'll, they'll just snuggle. They were very very sweet and very loving and very adoring. And then in my afternoon program, then that's when I would have kids from like first grade up until well, like I was the only one of the team on that floor who had a sixth grade class. Um, and they were the highest level sixth grade class. So I went from like the lowest level seventh grade, the seven seven year olds, to like not really seven year olds, it was six. At the end, the lowest level seven year uh, six year olds to the highest level eleven year olds. That's that's what it boiled down to. And for the most part, like the kids themselves were great, and I loved them. But there were just a couple of issues that I had. And it ties in with Korean businesses and the rulings thereof and how it all operates, but also sometimes the people there as well. So the first things first, I currently live in South West Seoul. Again, I'm not going to give too much details because I'm still living there. And some of you people are very quite hacks and you tend to know quite a bit, but people are like... I was able to find out where Zico and Solhyun were screwing just from a simple image that the articles uploaded of the front of their apartment. And I saw like one sign. It literally took me 20 minutes. I found the exact apartment where Zico lived. That's how easy it is. I was saying, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to tell you where he lived. He probably doesn't live there anymore. But I was like, wow, if it was that easy for me to find, that's why for Sasangs it's just so simple. So I'm not going to reveal any of my details. Just know that I live in southwest Seoul. That academy was in southeast Seoul. It was in the Songpa area. And you could only get really to it via line eight. Now, for any of you who listen, who know 
the train lines of Seoul quite well. Um, line eight is a horrid line. <laughs> it is my least favorite line, and I hate it more than line six because even though line six can be quite cramped, and it doesn't—I mean, it it covers it's a one and it covers Noryangjin and it covers like um a good subsection of Seoul that tends to be missed out from everywhere. Like it, it covers a lot of the Yongsan area. It's still a semi-frequent train. Line eight literally just goes up and down on the east side of Seoul. And it's beyond like it, it's it's beyond infrequent like line two is a very frequent line if you go on line two at at peak time there is like a train pretty much every single station and sometimes it backs up a little bit but for the most part you can get on the you can get on if you miss if you just miss a train another train's coming in like one to two minutes that's how frequent it is It's, it's not bad at all but line eight, you miss a train, you're waiting for eight to nine minutes for the next train because the previous train is like, uh, and I don't know how big the gaps are between the trains, uh, the train lines as well, but train stations, but it's it's just awful. I absolutely hated it. And then the walk from the station was still like an extra 10 minutes anyway. So despite me having a daytime role, I was still getting home at some points are like 7.30, 7.40 anyway. So, and and I was leaving my house like at 8.40 or, or, or 8.30 just to get there so I can start at a relatively normal time. I, I started quite late, actually. I started at 10. But, yeah, still, it was not that great. Commute-wise, it just wasn't the best for me. I think I was the person who lived the furthest. Like everyone else either lived south or lived around the the academy itself, but I lived on the other side of Seoul. And I wasn't going to move to that part of Seoul just because of how awkward it is. I actually know people who live at that side of Seoul. And JYP's offices were not too far as well. We didn't get to go. And Olympic Park was nearby, which is nice. But I didn't even get time to, to check it out because I'd be so exhausted. I just want to go home. Do you know what I mean? When you have a long day at work, you just want to go home. Uh, the second thing, it was just... The kindy program was fine. The elementary program, however, it was very rigid and it didn't really do much. Like, I liked the fact that it was set, a set curriculum, like... On this day, you had to do this. On this day, you had to do this. On this day, you had to do this. But it was very fluctuated in terms of the content. Like, they would pack in a lot of stuff for a level that was very low. So you'd have to explain it a lot more. But then some levels where it was quite high, it'd be a little bit sparse. And then you you still have to pad out, like, that hour with that class. And it almost felt like the class wasn't that balanced as well. Like in my previous academy, if I go into that class and I taught that class, that class pretty much were on the same page, the same level, similar kind of understanding. And if they didn't know 
they would be able to, you know, help each other out, which is quite... But also, reality reality is the lowest level of that, that academy was still a lot higher than perhaps the age compatriots of of a similar level. Even, like, the highest students who were in the academy below still were on the same level. Like, I, I was teaching them debate and how to write essays and things like that. I had one class who we were still teaching phonics. And, that, and actually, that's another problem. The foreign teachers did a lot of the teaching. Now, you may go, but isn't that your job? But again, I throw the example of my other academy to you. For the class that I taught, they had two Korean teachers and one native teacher. So I would see each class twice a week, essentially. I would have my the classroom of debate. This is for elementary, I'm not talking about middle school, because I didn't teach middle school in this place. I'll have my class of debate. And then the Korean, ho- their homeroom teacher would teach them grammar. And then they had another teacher who would teach them like reading or like how to answer questions, Korean school style and all of that. We had to do all of that for the students in the academy. The homeroom teacher literally was just there to call, like to make calls, like if there's any issues. But the native teachers taught everything. And didn't really help where, like, they were supposed to have, like, an explanation of grammar rules and stuff. And there's certain things that you can only explain in the language that is native to the students like I had one class they were so low so low like one of the words would be walk and they did not know how to spell walk and they were like first grade whereas like my my kindy kids I was teaching them about how to recognize a sentence structure you know the subject verb object and they were getting that, and they were sm- spelling things like telephone and Christmas. But then the I go upstairs, and these kids didn't know how to spell walk. But then they would look at me in terms of grammar, and I remember the first couple of lessons, and I'm like, these kids don't know anything, and they've been here for how long? And then I was like, okay, I have to explain the grammar points to them in Korean with the best of, of my Korean. And the way that their faces lit up, and they were like, ah, oh, like this? And it's like, yes, yes. And then they started testing a little bit better. And they were re- once they, they had that connection, they started to get a lot more affectionate with me and just like, wow, teacher really understands. And I was like, but they need a Korean teacher for that. I don't understand. Like the, the, the really low levels, like the babies, the babies, the babies, they had no, uh, they either had just a Korean teacher or they shared a class with a Korean teacher and a foreign teacher. But at the same time, I feel like that's how it should be all the time. And it should have that process all the way up to the higher levels because the higher level grammar should still be explained by the by the Korean teachers. No matter what age or what level they are, there's still certain things. Like if I'm sitting in my class in Korean with my, with my Korean studies, and there's something that I don't understand. And the teacher's explaining to me in Korean. It's like, yeah, it's all well and good, but I'm not getting the full message. So I sit there and take a picture and Papa go do the translation. It's like, oh, it means this. Okay. And I understand it a lot better then because I'm understanding that grammar point 
in like yesterday we was we was doing like ooh, ooh, I can't even remember what it was, but it's a way of saying like blah 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 is so blah 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 that blah 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 but then in korean the the comparative clause actually comes first and i was just sitting there going how can i explain this like i I know what the point that she's trying to get across but it's very hard for me to recognize this but then i once i've written out in korean and uh, once i've written it out in english once i wrote it out in english my goodness sorry and then swapped it around and showed the examples. They, I was able to understand it a lot better. I was like, yes, okay, I got it. It's this. Right, fine. The biggest kicker for me was how the vacation and breaks were set up. Now, for those of you who are thinking of coming to Korea in the future, know this. A law was passed in 2021 that all I think 2020 or 2021 but I know for sure it was definitely in place by 2021 that all businesses who have five or more full-time employees have to guarantee their employees 11 days vacation in the first year of working there. So within that year, if they work their first the first year, they should have 11 days minimum vacation. If a company wants to give more, they can give more. And they cannot include red days as part of that because red days are government-ordained vacation days. But by law, you're supposed to have 11 days. And in your second year, it's meant to go up to 15. What annoyed me was considering how many people that worked there and there was about, at least on the level where we was working in Kindy, this is a big business, by the way. So in terms of the level that was working in Kindy and elementary, because there was one that was only elementary and they worked later, there were about... 11 native teachers, just native teachers. So that's not including the Korean teachers, the Korean staff. The Korean staff is only in kindy or the Korean staff is only elementary or the Korean staff is only elementary, but downstairs. You get my point now. So there was more than five. (laughs) Kindy was okay. Like we had the five days of a summer vacation. Well, actually, no, not it went okay, but I'll explain why. A lot of businesses are still offering 10 days. And you have to explain to them, look, the law stipulates and the law states we should get 11. And if they get funny about it, you know, it's like, just say, you know what, we will report you. Like, this is, this is an illegal job. You should be offering 11 days. Even if the 11 days is like a bonus day somewhere, I deserve that 11 days of vacation. But this place was still offering 10, but not exactly. And I'll explain why. The elementary, the kindy offered the standard 10. Annoying, but you know, it is what it is. Five days of uh, summer vacations, five days of winter vacation. 
and all the red days were off. Every single one. In the elementary, however, remember, it's the same business, but the teams are different. So the management was different. There were some red days that we had to work because they had this stupid system that has been running for the last 20 years and it's obsolete, where they have to have 20 educational days per month for studies. And if they don't make up those 20 days, then it had to be made up somewhere. And that may cause for a loss of red days. So then the ones that are not necessary, uh, like what, what, so what they consider to be unnecessary, whatever they, 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 they pay you time and a half, but you don't get the vacation for that. So that was a grumble in of itself. However, the summer vacation that they were offering for elementary was only three days. So even though the kindy had a full week off, the elementary was only offering three days, meaning two of those days you had to come in to teach only elementary, one of the days being a one class, one class. Meaning I would have had to travel one hour, work for one hour, and then travel back for one hour. Now I was planning to go to see my family for my mother's birthday for the 70th. I've been planning my mother's 70th birthday ever since I moved to Korea. Because I wanted to have a job that would enable me to have that time off to be able to go see my mother for her 70th. I've missed my father's 80th. I missed my brother's 40th. Those are both in the same year. But still, the point resides. I missed their milestone birthdays. And they obviously missed my 30th. But I wasn't going to miss my mother's eight, uh, 70th. And I was just a little bit peeved. Little being an understatement about how in the same business, and we're working in the same business, the elementary and the kindy can have it completely so different and and have it so... Like they don't correlate with one another, and especially with all the stuff that's been happening with COVID, a lot of foreign teachers who have been in Korea for a long time have not had the opportunity to be able to go home and see their family. I mean, seeing them for a week is not long enough anyway. But at least we have the option for that week to go home and sit and see our families. A lot of people who maybe were planning to go back and see their family in uh for the week would have not been able to do so because for two of the days they still would have to come in and work so I actually sat down with the boss I think it was like February last year and I said to him look I've lived in Korea since 2016 for the time being Korea is my home I'm not going to leave here I'm uh, I'm seeing myself staying here for the long term however there has to be times where we would like to go and see our family because we do miss our family. COVID has not made it easy for us. When people fly into Korea, you have to do, at that point, still had to do a two-week two quarantine before you can go back out and do whatever you needed to do. For someone like myself who is a foreigner, that would mean losing three weeks worth of work. And that wouldn't have been possible because schools would not be willing to cover those three weeks. 
it's not like I would have been able to go for three weeks. I literally would have had to go for one week, but then stay at home for two weeks to do quarantine. It wasn't fair on us. This is the first time that we're going to be able to go outside and see our family and then come back and not have to quarantine. But now you're imposing this stupid rule back on us. Like I was planning to go, like I said in the last episode, I was planning to go visit my family the previous Christmas and surprise them. But Korea introduced that rule again. And then I had to cancel my flight and everything. But I was like, look, I'm going this summer. You have to decide whether I'm going to go and see my family for three days or I'm going to spend a week with my family. Because either way, I'm going to go. But it's going to be more expensive for me and I'm going to have less time and less relaxation if you make it three days. So in the end, he was like, "Okay, I understand you can go, but you can't tell anyone. And in my mind, I'm like, one, I'm not telling anyone my private plans anyway, because I'm always a private person. I don't, I don't mix work with my with my my friends. I don't have like friend, work friends. There's only like two people who I can say I establish a long-term friendship outside of my work in any kind of work capacity. And that's my friend Jane, who now lives in 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 uh, Canada. Uh, not Canada. She lives in in uh, the US. And my other friend Zoe, who now lives in Antigua, is doing some some sailing stuff. But secondly, why can't the others do this? Why do we have to work those two days just to make up a a really dumb antiquated antiquated whatever that whatever that word is ancient ass rule that has no correlation to whatever is done just so you can say oh well we give your student this amount of days of study so therefore (sighs) it was frustrating and I think that was the main reason why I left and I made a point that my new workplace would be somewhere where I have better hours, it's closer to where I am, better hours and better vacation. And I have all three. So on my, what made me laugh was on my final day, said boss guy was like, oh, look, we're really thankful for everything that you've done, like being all sickly sweet and all of that. Like you really were one of the best teachers and I was only there for a year. And I would be like, you haven't signed anything yet. Good. Would you, would you be willing to sign on for one more year? And I was like, you know what? Let me let me humor him. Let me listen to what he has to say. And he was giving me like, you know, you were talking about shorter hours. We we would be willing to, you know, guarantee you having, uh, these classes, which will mean that you finish at five twenty as opposed to your current six thirty finishing. And you will be guaranteed said vacation time and. The vacation that they were offering was nowhere near the vacation I'm getting in my current place. And they were, I think he realizes, like, oh, yeah, we probably wouldn't be able to give it that much vacation. And you know what? I'm get, I am getting a pay cut. But for me, it's not about the pay, it's about the mental health. I was stressing out and I wasn't looking after myself the way that I was able to. With my current place, the way that I'm finished, the hours that I'm finishing, the way that where it is, I'm able to come back. I have three classes a week, 
which means that I'm surrounding myself with Korean a lot better and I'm able to understand more because I'm having consistent classes as opposed to, you know, twice a week where it's like four hours or like on Saturday, Sunday when I'm doing like six hours. It just doesn't work out that way. So hopefully that works out better for me in my studies. So I'm thankful to my old academy and experiences, but there are bits and pieces that made me make the decision that I did to leave there. And I'm looking forward to this new place. It's literally only kindy as well. I don't have any elementary students. It's, well, I may have like one or two kids who they do some little studies with me. So like one-on-one, but I'm literally just having one, one group of kids. And that's it. So when you listen to this, wish me well. Give me confidence. I know I'll be fine. It's just obviously starting a new workplace. It's just... It's always a bit nerve-wracking, but I'm sure I'll be okay. But anyway, guys, yeah, just be careful if you plan to come to Korea. Just know what rights that you have. I may, you know, do an episode in the future about the red flags and the do's and don'ts of finding work here in South Korea, especially if you're going to want to come over as a teacher. We'll see how that goes. But in the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have any questions or you just want to engage in conversation, Check me out on my socials. I am at Soul Nessie on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm Soul to Soul on YouTube and on Facebook. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. Have a great March the 1st. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye, Soul Fam. Slaters. And if you liked that episode of Soul to Soul, why not subscribe and follow this podcast on whatever streaming service you were using to listen? I'll see you in the next episode. Slaters.